that, listeners, is the sound of our first sip, crisp, clean sip of the new English Premier League season. And we're here to talk about all of it, all of the carbonation, all of the tasting notes, all of the hydration, everything that's hitting the palate so far. Uh, I'm Taylor. I'm Evan. And this is the Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League podcast. Uh, welcome. How are you doing, Evan? Good. We made it. We made it to the other side of summer. We uh, we we dehydrated for several months in the very hot, hot drought. And then, what do you know? We're back with the nice, cold, icy drink. Uh, what a, if, it was if the first, first... It was like the first taste of relief, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. If the first week of the Premier League season was a drink, what drink would it be? Ooh, uh, it would probably be, um, I mean, probably just a nice sparkling water at, uh, uh, at like a cafe, um, in London. The kind that comes in a glass bottle. Yes. Totally. Absolutely. I think I can agree with that. Yeah. It feels nutritious. It hasn't, you know, the... There's lots of things popping, you know. <laughs> All the bubbles are individual players. <laughs> it's so fizzy, you know. There's just so much there. Yeah. Yeah. All the well, action. So All the action. action. We yeah. really tortured this metaphor, but listen to the drama. Yeah. It's glad to have you. Glad to have you here. We're glad to have you here. Um, awesome. So just to give you all a sense of where we're going for today. Um, first, we're going to run down, kind of, I mean, introduce more or less the teams from both the corporate global fantasy premier league team and the zombie league. Um, we're not going to talk about the, all of the players from each team in this episode. We'll do that periodically over the course of the season. Um, but we're just going to get, give everyone a sense of who is in the league um, in both of those. Then we're going to talk about some general viewing of the premier league this past week. Then we um, will talk about some of our favorite or um, some of the most intriguing um, players that people picked in the Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League. And then um, last, we will have a special new 2022-2023 season edition of Dressed to the False Nines, which I'm very excited about. Um, Yeah, that's where we're going. Buckle up. Buckle up. So I'll get us started uh, with the CGFPL League. And then Evan, after that, will introduce the Zombie League. But let me pull up who we've got here. All right. So I'm going to start and just go from first place to 11th place. So currently sitting in first place with uh, 74 points is Reed Zimmerman's Naptown FC. Congratulations, Reed. Big, big game week, um, driven in large part by the Darwin Nunez pick, which we may talk about a little bit later today. Who knows? Um, then in second place, we have Eli Estes, uh, Eve Bibuma uh, with 69 points. In third place, we have Wyatt Keener's By Jingo By G, uh, which I'm not sure what the reference in that name Me is. Me either. Do you yeah, understand I would that? love. No, I don't. I would love Wyatt to explain that. Yeah. Um, He's got 67 points. Um, in fourth place, we've got William Spicer's The Bruce Matthews. Interestingly, not the Bruce Matthews this year, just the <laughs> Bruce Matthews. 
Um, so the emphasis has changed slightly, it seems. Um, uh, in fifth place, we have Evan Harris, Salt Lake City FC with 63 points. In sixth place, we have your very own Evan Estes's 15 Fieris. <laughs> um, uh, amazing. In seventh place, we have Jerry Gross <laughs> Fantasy Premier League. Uh, just L-E-A-G. Um, this re- this uh, name really made me miss my original FPL name, which was Hugo Weavingwood M. I thought after, oh, yeah. I, after I saw that, I thought about readopting that that name. Yeah, you could have. Uh, and then in eighth place, we have myself, I Test Inc. Um, and then tied in ninth place currently are uh, Rob Griffith with <laughs> Uber Cleats and uh, Ethan Uderbach. Uh, Uderbach, Uderbach, Ethan, I'm sorry, I'm not sure how to pronounce your last name, um, with uh, Father, Son, Holy Cane. And then in 11th place, we have Tim Griffith, Tim Griffith's Scuderia Sons, which I think is a Formula One reference, but I'm not totally sure about that. Um, maybe Tim Griffith's Very a Formula nice. One boy. That's a pretty good batch of names this year. Yeah, I think so. I would say that there's no... Um... I got to be honest. There's nothing up there that matches uh, Smeagol Golem <laughs> from last year. Smeagol slash Golem. Yeah, I I, I think it's going to take a lot to beat that name. I think that's still the the yeah that is the level that we're all striving for. And you know yeah. we don't always we can't get there. Uh, yeah. Good luck. I mean, it was a good it was a good effort by everyone. Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone quite hit that. Um, level of creativity there yeah um but good batch of names um let's move over to the zombie league um we have a bigger zombie league than we did this year i'm very proud of that as the uh zombie league um commissioner so let's get started we've got in first place we've got mummy daddy mummy that is your own taylor hair um in second place we have no jobs no hope no cash huck van otherwise known as wyatt keener um in third we have me um as the graveyard grillers um and just know that that is trademarked um we've got in fourth place holland's haunts and that is rob griffith in fifth place we've got jesus saves and i'm assuming that is a gabriel jesus reference um but it could also be jesus saves it could also be jesus saves um who, who knows? knows it's all three um <clears throat> In fifth place, also tied with uh, Jesus saves, is the Bruce Matthews. Again, no emphasis. That is Will Spicer. And to be clear, that is a separate the Bruce Matthews than is in the standard league. So he's not cheating here. Um, the we, property, and I will, properties do not overlap. They do not. And I will be strict about those rules. Um, the zombie again, league, the zombie league, the Bruce zombie Matthews league rule, is yeah. like one of the, one of the like, um, knockoff like KFCs you'll find in another country oh, yeah. that has like a different yeah. logo and everything. Right. <laughs> it's not Starbucks. Nathan Fielder's not Starbucks. Yes, exactly. Um, you know what he, he could have done? He could have done the Bruise Matthews, but Bruise could be B-R-U-I-S-E. Oh, that's pretty good. Be like good that. for like kind of zombie-ish. Yeah. Um, and then in uh, seventh place, we've got Rikes, Raggy, Rombies, um, Eli Estes. Um, I'm going to, well, Technically, um, I've got one. I've got Ethan's team that I need to knock out of the league because uh, that was an accident. 
Um, because so he, in vi- eight- he violated our terms of conduct. <laughs> <laughs> no. Our strict <laughs> code of conduct. Uh, yeah, he's got a... Um, yeah, so I gotta, I gotta, um, gotta do a little commissioning there. But um, and Ethan, if you're able to to just leave the league, um, then I think that might be the easiest. Otherwise, I have to like ban the team, and I don't really want to do that because <laughs> then I don't know like if you. Oh, because that might mess up his regular team. Yeah, that too. Well, I would only ban him from our league, so I don't oh. really know what would happen, but. If you're if you find a way to leave the league, then that would probably be easiest. Um, let me know if you need help with that. Um, yeah, so in eighth place, we te- technically have Netchromancers. That's Jerry Groth. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, um, and, then, and then in ninth place, we have Company Juggernoggin, Tim Griffith. Um, so another great batch of names. Love the zombie themes there. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, it's still... I mean, no one got off to like a super, super large lead. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a very fun, exciting race for the zombie league this year with so many people. There's going to be a lot of action, a lot yeah. of carbonation there, you know, Lots yeah. of bubbles rising to the top. <laughs> I just want to I just want to take a second to lament the fact that my zombie league team outperformed my regular team by over 20 points, which is really as did. As did well, mine wasn't by twenty points, but my it was probably I think it was around fifteen. Oof. So yeah, <laughs> tough times, tough times. Oh well. Oh well. Um. All right. Uh. So with that out of the way, let's get into um some of our kind of viewing of some Premier League games this week. And Evan, you in particular had a couple of things that you wanted to talk about. Um players teams that you wanted us to discuss uh who do you want to talk about first i think i think there's only one place to start and i think you know where (laughs) uh let's say it at the same time and see if we get it right okay it's two words right yeah one two three erling holland erling brout holland oh okay there we go um so i mean this could be a very simple discussion. It could just be—it's simple for me. Just bring him in. <laughs> like I've already—I've already done it. Me too. I've already. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next topic. Next uh, up. No, but for real, I—I—I I, uh, I mean, if if no one is familiar with how that went down, I assume based on the Discord, at least people may have a cursory sense of how that game went down. But um, Holland, he played you know, 70-ish minutes, I think, um, maybe into the 80s. I'm not sure, but it was, he didn't play the full game, but when he was on the field, he looked dominant in every way that we expected him to, but not, we didn't necessarily, at least I didn't expect it to happen this soon or this quickly. Um, and he linked up with people like Phil Foden and Jack Grealish really well, and he scored two goals, scored a penalty, He's on penalties apparently, although that may be because Mares wasn't on the field. But I kind of think that he's just on penalties, um, and he scored another goal in addition to that. And yeah, he's just someone that everyone wants in their team, whether or not they're able to make it happen is another question. Correct. Yeah, I think 
for me, there was hesitation going with a new player in the league, especially starting with game week one. And because I had done that before, I did it last year with no two years ago with Timo Werner. Was that two years ago? Timo Werner was two years ago. Wow, feels like so long ago. Um, yeah, so I've done it before, and I was like, I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna get a player that's new to the league this year, um, especially like someone like high profile, expensive in fantasy, that kind of thing. Um, I knew the risks, and I was willing to take the risks, and. I mean, I understand why I did it, but I think that it's just a no-brainer. Like, I didn't know if he was going to start game week one, how that was going to work. And I, I think you just have to try to bring him in if you can. Uh, I, I, the, the run of fixtures that Man City has is just absolutely absurd. Yeah. Um, and West Ham was like the hardest game that they have for several weeks. Yeah, so they've got next week uh, Bournemouth. And then they've got Newcastle, which will be decently difficult. Um, but then they have Crystal Palace, who lost to Arsenal. And then they have Nottingham Forest and Villa, who lost this week, too. So um, it's looking pretty good. Yeah. So I think there's really not much to say. I mean, you watch the game. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, it's a pr- it's pretty much a no-brainer. He's going to be a great pick. Um Regardless of how he even does, like personally, I think he's going to just have so many opportunities that he's just going to it. He's just going to fall into points. So yeah, um, yeah. What do you what do you, what did you think about his uh, performance, just from like real life perspective, and even a little bit of Man City as a whole, but specifically yeah. Holland? How did he look? I mean, I was honestly kind of shocked because. What we what I saw was Erling Holland playing like he played in his best games for Dortmund, which was, you know, you're you're watching this guy move around the field, and he's both just seeing someone who's both taller and faster than all like every other defender is surreal, and his positioning in the box is incredible. Um, yeah, he just had all the like the kind of pace and keen sense uh, for goal that made him amazing at Dortmund. And that seemed to have just translated right over to the Premier League in a way that I didn't think was going to happen. I thought it was going to take time. Um, The way he like runs, he makes runs down the middle of the pitch in particular, like through gaps and defenses is just unreal. He looks like, like a shark or something that's just like, attacking people and and if you if you haven't gotten the chance to watch him play please do just because watching him run and the way he like approaches the game is just really interesting to watch um so yeah i thought i thought that was wonderful to see i like you had kane going into game week one and my plan was that i i was like it was really for me a toss-up between kane and holland and so I told myself going into game week one that whoever had the better game on that first day, I was, if it wasn't the person I had, I was just going to immediately bring them in to avoid the points change. Um, and, uh, or the price change, I should say. And, um, yeah, so now I, I just bought Holland basically like right after the Tottenham game. Um, yeah. The other thing I would say about him 
is, and this is maybe just my hesitancy about Man City people in general, is that I don't think he's like a, a an, an analog for Harry Kane. Because I do think that, especially, you know, a month or two away from now, he will, there will be some rotation risk for him. Um, there will be games where he doesn't start. Um, and that'll be intentional because Man City's playing Champions League games, they're playing other um, games and whatnot. So he's not like a Harry Kane, 90 minutes every game. You know exactly what you're getting from him. So that is something that I am going to be monitoring quite closely is, you know, I could see myself bringing Harry Kane back in in a couple of months or maybe even a little over a month if it seems like Holland is not getting the minutes that I want him to get. Um, so that's something to keep in mind is I don't think they're exact one-for-one replacements for one another. Because Kane, you know he's going to be on penalties and you know he's going to play every minute of every game that he's healthy. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm excited he's in the league. I'm excited to watch him play. Um, man, just a, just a wild player. <laughs> yeah, really a is. Unique, a unique player, too. Just a unique skill set. Just so strong, so fast. It's, I don't know. It's, it's like it's like watching it's a joy Big, to watch. It's like watching Bigfoot play, you know, because you like <laughs> yeah. you hear so much about him and then all of a sudden he's like yeah. in the league. It's kind of wild. Yeah. And he's every and he's every bit as good as you thought he was gonna be. Um so totally. Yeah. Um cool. Well that's uh that's Holland and Man City talk. I mean Can I ask you um about because you watched at least some of the Arsenal Crystal Palace game. What were your impressions yeah. of? I mean, I'm interested in Crystal Palace too, honestly, from a personal standpoint, but like also in Arsenal. Um, sure. Because Arsenal is a team that lots of people have lots of their players because the way they're priced and other things. And there's a lot of hype about them going into the season. Um, what did you think about them? Yeah, I think, I think it went pretty much how I expected. Um, I mean, I was hoping for more goals. And especially from like Jesus, but I think one of the first impressions that I had was, um, yeah, they're going to be, I think that they're going to be quite a bit more attacking this year. I know that when Arteta came in, um, their defense was really stout. He kind of got them into shape, um, tried to keep clean sheets as much as possible, but now it seems like their strength is going to be that front three of Martinelli, Jesus, and Saka. And I would be shocked if that wasn't like the, his preferred three for the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like, that's one thing to note is those three, I think are, uh, I think those are the, those are the starters. So They're you the, don't, you don't see, 11. you don't see Emil Smith Rowe getting into that. I think occasionally. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, if Martinelli or Saka kind of drops in form a little bit, they're tired. He needs to roast. Uh, rest or rotate them, or roast them, <laughs> or roast them. <laughs> he wants to roast them. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but I do think those three are going to probably be his preferred eleven, um, a preferred uh, front three. Um, I mean, they just looked good, um, all of them. I, they, it seems like they, you can kind of tell that they've had a good preseason together. Um, they, they were connecting. They were 
you know, making good movements. They had plenty of options and grant and granted the game ended up two nil. So it's not like, not like a man city type of attack, but again, you mentioned price, like in fantasy, they're cheap. All three of them yeah. are cheap. Um, and so you really don't need them to be man city level in order for them to be value. And I think they're going to be quite, they're going to be quite the value picks this year. Um, if they keep, if they keep this up, I mean, j- keep in mind that crystal palace, um, were pretty good last season. Yeah. Yeah. They're not a pushover um, team at all. They're not a pushover team. Um, and, and they're good defensively as well. Not just that they're just a solid team now, but like that was one of their strengths last year was you can't really just push them over, run them over or anything like they, they usually kept it together. So um, the fact that they, they scored two um, pretty good goals, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's not going to blow anyone away, but I think that what I saw just confirmed that they're going to be more attacking. That's going to be the front three. And out of the goals that are going to be scored, one of those three are going to be involved, I think, in the in pretty much, I would say, 75 to 80% of those goals. One of those three is going to be involved, would be my guess. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think Arsenal is great. Um, I think they'll finish top four this year. And they're gonna. I think they're gonna be fun to watch. Jesus is just good. Yeah. Um, I think we didn't really get to see it at City as much as we would have, as much as I think a lot of people were hoping. But I'm glad that he's there, and I'm glad that he's going to be kind of the main focal point. He's just he's really good. Yeah. The game so. was played at such a fast pace. It was like really, really quick, and a lot of that had to do with Jesus and the Arsenal front three just being very, very fast. Yeah. Um, and the thing with Jesus specifically is uh, he's just he's just going to be in the middle of the box. Like, he's going to be in the box a lot. Yeah. And they're going to get him. I don't know. I just see him receiving the ball in the box. It's a little bit crowded. He's able to, like, make a couple of, like, cuts and put a shot in, you know? Like, he kind of thrives in that area. And I think um, he's just going to he's just going to do well in and around the box. It's just it's going to be his playground this season, I think. So, yeah. yeah, excited to see how that progresses. I think they were good. So here, here's a fantasy. Here, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, uh, no. Go ahead. I was going to ask you a fantasy question about Arsenal, yeah. which is, I currently have Saka, not Martinelli, and I'm kind of not wanting to go to double up on Arsenal midfield. Um, just, okay. for, just for like, you know, spreading things around and not putting all my eggs in one basket, basically. Okay. Because I'm sometimes planning to only play three midfielders. Um, okay. Should I down if I only have one Arsenal midfielder? Should I downgrade to Martinelli and just save myself the two, the two uh, million dollars or whatever? Or should I stick with Saka? Because I kind of stuck with him based on form and also assuming maybe that he's on penalties, although that's unclear. Um, but it, the thought has crossed my mind several times to just downgrade to Martinelli and invest that somewhere else. I think it depends on who you're going to bring in. What are you going to do with that two million in savings? Is it going uh, to be is it going to be a thing where you can upgrade to like a sure thing, like a very good pick? I like, think I was going to upgrade. Yeah, I was going to upgrade. I, I don't know about top tier, but 
my bench forward to someone like Mitrovic and then play like a uh 4-3-3 basically with four defenders like two uh Salah and then two like middle priced midfielders and then Holland, Jesus and Mitrovic up top. So you think hmm I'm just wondering why you wouldn't just do Saka and Martinelli honestly. Do you think uh, uh, I mean I like you think Saka I guess, uh, yeah, because that does kind of change the formation. So it, it, there's quite a bit of moving pieces, but like, I don't I, know. So I have Mason Mount as my other 8 million midfielder who I think will oh, be, okay. I think he'll be a good pick for in the long term this year. And I'm, I want to stick with him. Um, so right now you've got Sala, Saka, and Mount. Yeah. And then I have like Bailey, but I'm thinking about just playing three in the midfield. Yeah, sure. Three in the midfield. How many in the back? Five? Or are you going uh, to play five, three, two? I, I'm hoping to play four. So four, three, three. So, so you, oh, so you kind of need the money then. Right. To upgrade my uh, two, upgrade my two up top, two or three up top. Yeah. Anyway, this is getting a little bit too in the weeds. I would, I would say, yeah, I would say maybe if it's going to be someone, it's going to have to be Mitrovic. That's the only thing that I'm worried about is like you don't have as many options up there. Yeah. And if Mitrovic, if Mitrovic doesn't perform, then I mean, I don't know. Maybe you could yeah, find a, a good point. Maybe you could find a way to get a million downgrades somewhere else, keep the two up top, and then have um, four in midfield. Yeah. You do a four four two and have Saka Martinelli because you have Bailey, so you can. That's only a million up. Yeah, so, that's true. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I'll I think, think about between it. Between Martin, I think between Martinelli and Mitrovic, I would personally want Martinelli, especially right now. Okay. Even though Mitrovic scored against Liverpool, I think they still have kind of a tough, uh, tough start to the season. So. Good to know. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Did, was there anything else you wanted to say about Arsenal? No, I don't think so. Um, so we we also wanted so. to we also wanted to yeah. check in on our boys Tottenham. Yeah, I didn't get to watch. I was very I was very curious about several things with Tottenham. Just how do they look? They've made a bunch of signings. You know, how did they play? They obviously won fairly handily. Um, I was bummed that Perisic didn't start. So kind of, I don't know, what are some of the like big talking points? And then maybe I'll follow up with some questions. Yeah. I mean, I didn't watch the full game. So that caveat emptor there, but um, the, uh, I thought it was interesting because we got, I think what we expected from Conte's wingbacks, just not with the wingbacks that we expected, if that makes sense. So it was like Sezignon and Royale were playing the wingback mm-hmm. positions and they were getting into very attacking positions as evidenced by the fact that Sessegnon scored a goal. And I think Royale maybe got an assist. I can't remember. Um, uh, so it was like very Conte-esque in that sense. It just was not the people that I thought, like I thought Perisic was going to start, for instance. Um, and I don't know what, I, I think Darty is maybe injured or something. Maybe that's why he's not playing because he played really well at the end of last season. And so there must be something going on with him injury-wise. I'm not super familiar with that. Um, but they looked 
pretty solid in the midfield. I thought Bettencourt and Hoiberg kind of playing um, a little bit. I don't know if it's a pivot technically, but playing off of one another a little bit in the midfield. And then uh, Kulisewski looked amazing. So good. Oh, so good. And he, I mean, he definitely outscored Sun and Kane fantasy wise. And um, because he was, he both had a goal and provided at least one assist, possibly two. Um, and he just looked amazing. Like, I don't know how Richarlison's going to break into that team. Um, because yeah. it's like, yeah, are you going to start Richarlison over Sun or Kane? No. And at this point, there's absolutely no way I think you can pull Kulisevsky off the field because he played really well. So that's huh. very, that's very interesting to me is the Richarlison situation. Um, yeah. Yeah. It so. will, that, that will be a good storyline. Just kind of watch, see how it plays out. Yeah, and I mean Southampton, but Southampton weren't the greatest opposition either. I mean, uh, really? yeah, I think they scored first, but after that, it was they weren't offering a ton. Um, I am, I remain uh, worried about South, Southampton. So, what, were there specific things you wanted to ask about it? Um, yeah, I guess going back to Perisic, he did come on, right? Did he slot right into wing? Uh, I don't remember he if he came on. I I'm would have to. Pretty check. sure he did. Okay. I'm then, pretty sure he. Yeah, I guess you weren't watching when he when he had minutes. No, I didn't watch the end of the game, so I'm not sure. So, okay, then how did the how did the wingbacks look particularly? Because do you think he's going to have a tough time, like getting minutes and and getting being the first name on the team sheet type of thing. Is I, don't, gonna, I don't think so. I mean, he'll be able to get in. To yeah. I mean, I think, I think Sessegnon and Royale looked really good against Southampton, but I don't know how, and we, we know from how they played last year, they're not necessarily the most consistent or um, the best defenders in particular. And so someone like Parasit, who maybe does, a little bit better on the attacking side and has more while about him defensively. Um, I don't think we'll have any problem, honestly, getting in the team. Okay. All right. Cool. I think, I think Good it's, I think it's sort of like, like I had this situation with Sven Botman, right? It's like, you know, <laughs> I was expecting Sven Botman to start because he had played yeah. really well in preseason. He's like an amazing defender. I think they're trying to just like integrate him into the team slowly. Um, sure. And, uh, I think that's a little bit what Paris is happening with Parisage. Hmm. I could be wrong about that. I'm not super tuned in. I'm sure the Tottenham listeners will know more about that than I do, but um, that's my sense. Okay, cool. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like they're going to be, they're kind of like, I mean, it's only one game, but it seems like they're back on track with what they're doing last season when Conte came in. They're just, they're just putting in goals. Yeah. You know? The the weird thing for them is their back three. Like I don't I don't know how I feel about Dyer, Davies, and uh Romero as the back three. You know, yeah, it, it is kind of a weird it's a weird combination of players. Yeah. Dyer, I mean, Dyer has really turned into a really solid player, which is cool to see after being sort of like a laughing stock for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, just that combination could work out really well, but it could be, it could, it could backfire. I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll see. Um, 
I mean, obviously I got rid of Kane for Holland and I don't think I'm going to be too disappointed in that, but I'm just hoping that Perisic starts now. Yeah. Um, and can get me some points. Otherwise do you, I, I do would you have like him currently? to get some. Yeah, I started him. I would like to get some attacking points um, from from Spurs offense because I think they're going to be very good. But I don't really know. Kind of like with the Richarlison dilemma, it's my own Richarlison dilemma. How how am I going to bring in any any Spurs players? Yeah. So uh, Spurs uh, attackers. Um, Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough. I mean, maybe that is Kulisevsky. I mean, Kulisevsky is the one to get right now. Honestly, you think? Like, I mean, I. I don't. I mean, Sun is always a good option, but he's so expensive. Yeah, both. Yeah, and okay. Yeah, just from like a logistical standpoint, he's probably the easiest to bring in. Um, yeah. Okay, and he'll still have that. That that was my concern. Is like with Kulisevsky starting the season with Kulisevsky. Like, is he going to be? Is he going to stay like that attacking? Is he still going to be in and around things? Yeah. Um, or is it going to be back to the Sun and Kane show? So well, that's good to know that he's like still. He's still kind of up there doing things. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see him, uh, how his season works out. And if, when he goes through a bad patch of form, if he gets pulled for someone like Richarlison. Uh, The other thing I wanted to mention while we're talking just about general things is I am once again, very excited about watching Leeds this year. Yeah. You've uh, always, yeah. And now for a different reason. Yeah, all I mean, there's all the U.S. Uh, U.S. boys. Jesse Marston is U.S. boys, um, and uh, I'm feeling really great. That sounds about, like a sounds like a band. Yeah, exactly. I'm feeling really great about Brendan Aronson as my my breakout star pick for the year because he looked awesome. Um, yeah. Hmm. yeah, really excited. Patrick Bamford is back, and that guy's so much fun to watch. Um, they're gonna be fun. Cool. Good. I'm glad. Um, cause I was worried about them over the summer. Um, just how they ended last season and, and with these kind of unknown quantities, especially with them being, um, a couple of them U S based, like, you know, I, I, I'm just always like a little hesitant to be like, Oh yeah, they're going to be good. But I mean, it seems like they've got, they've got quality. I mean, there, there's a reason that he, that he brought them in. I mean, I'm sure the U S connection was definitely helped them out, but uh, he wouldn't have brought them in and and played them because you know, they both started right. Tyler Tyler yeah. Adams and uh, um, Aronson, right? Yeah. Also, Aronson just looks very interesting on the field because you know most Premier League players are like these kind of like Adonises and they just have like perfect posture and just I don't know they're just like you know pure specimens. Um, and Aronson <laughs> Aronson's kind of like very thin, short, and like kind of hunches over it just looks like a kid like a regular guy <laughs> like in every way which is which is very fun uh what was their formation like how did they play were they it seemed from what i just kind of saw online it, it seemed like they were very chaotic and attacking in a way yeah right? i mean i can't i can't speak to their exact formation but their top their it was like aronson rodrigo and Bamford top kind of as a, as a front three. Um, cool. And that worked well. I thought Rodrigo worked, did pretty well. Rodrigo's I mean, good. Yeah. I don't remember who, who did they play? Oh, uh, oh, they played wolves. So, I mean, not the greatest opposition. Yeah. 
but so yeah. it's hard to hard to know how they'll do against better teams but it made it was enough to make me excited well i mean i will say what what did that game end up being two one two one two one leads mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think that's that's a pretty good sign because wolves were wolves are like classic we're gonna try to win like one nil type of team yeah. you know like yeah they're gonna try to shut you down like it's kind of similar to Crystal Palace. They're going to be tr- tricky to to try to score on. Um, so yeah, uh, I mean the fact that they scored two on them, like that's a, I would say that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good sign. Yeah, it's um, the kind, it's the kind of game you kind of have to win if you're going to, especially up. this early on in the season. Yeah, yeah, okay. totally, totally. Yeah, um, if they're able to win those types of games, then they will stay up, um, which will be good. I hope that they stay up, even though I'm, I'm, I was worried about them earlier. But cool. Very excited to watch them. Yeah. Um, so the next kind of segment of the podcast, Evan and I have selected, we've gone through uh, all of the corporate global um, fantasy Premier League teams, your teams, listener. Uh, yes. And we've selected each three uh picks so three kind of player selections from among those teams that we are interested to see pan out or intrigued by perhaps don't understand um in some (laughs) cases definitely don't understand um but just the the kind of most most interesting picks to us so we'll kind of maybe evan will ping pong back and forth with those um do you want to start with your first one yeah i'm wondering if some of ours overlapped and i bet they did they probably what do. If pick, what if we pick the same three? That would be hilarious. That would be incredible. I've got uh, I. Went, well, how about uh, we do this? How about we do this? How about we start from the top of the league, and like if you have one from that team, you let me know. Okay, like, we'll oh. start there. Okay, cool. So we like count down the teams, and then you say stop when you get to a team that you have one from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so most in, so top three interesting picks from me and Taylor. We'll start from the top. Uh, Naptown FC. Did you have the uh, any top three interesting picks there? Yes. All right. Did you? <laughs> no. Oh, good. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Good. And I, I mean, not, this, not this... to say that not to say that everyone's not unique and special and interesting. Yes, exactly. I had to pick three. <laughs> we had to pick three. I oh. made him. I made him, folks. He, um, yeah, he forced me. Yes. So, I mean, I think it's going to be obvious where I'm going with this. Yeah. Darwin Nunez. I like he looked great. He only played part of the game. I think he played maybe 20 minutes or so. Let's see what, what this says, how many minutes he played. Oh, 39 minutes. So more than that. Um, yeah. Played 39 minutes, scored, uh, scored a goal, got an assist. Looks really good. Uh, very few people in our, no one else in our league and very few people in the game. Actually, well, now he's 23% owned. I wonder what he was. Yeah, it was probably, yeah, it um, was probably um, quite a bit less. But yeah, and it's he's a very interesting player. I I didn't know a lot about him. Uh, and I was not expecting him to be that target manny. He's very target manny, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, because he's not like as, he's as not big like or... He's not is what I'm trying to say, you know? Right, yeah. Well... He's not, but even Firmino was never like going for the tap ins. He was like Firmino was like the 
he was like playing a specific role to like bring Salah and Mane exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah. And so N- Nunez is like going to get on the end of things. Yeah. You know, I watched I watched the second half of that game, and when he came on, he just looked. He just looked like very fresh, very enthusiastic, and just. He was feeling it, honestly. He was feeling. Like, I mean, if you look at the finish that he had, it was incredible. Like it was a great goal. And the back, the back heel one. Goal. Yeah, yeah, incredible. I mean, it had. I think it like flicked. Uh, I think it. You know, it was kind of in traffic. Maybe it flicked off someone as well. But like, the fact that I mean, it was still pretty clean. Like, it looked good. Like that's pretty impressive. So the fact that he has that much confidence already. Um, yeah, I mean, he's going to be a good player. I, I don't think it'll take long before. He's he's starting. Yeah, I mean, it might it might even be in the next game. Honestly, like he just looks good. Yeah. Um, and with and with strikers, you kind of have to like, you kind of have to start them if they're feeling confident. You know, yeah. it, it is kind of like it is just kind of like that that emotional aspect to it. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think he did go kind of under the radar. Not necessarily under the radar. It's just there were so many other picks. And you can only have so many forwards. You can only have so many people in your team. You only have so much money. So he was never like, he was never like highest on the list for, for many people. And so he kind of just got priced out a lot of times or like positioned out. And I think that's why many people didn't have him. Yeah. Um, but the fact that Reed was backed him that much to be like, no, it doesn't matter if I, if I um, have all, if I, if there are other players in the game that are, more sure things i'm gonna i'm gonna back him and um it paid off i mean that was a great great pick great pick and i mean looks like you want to hold him if you now that you've got him you probably want to hold him for a little while i guess so yeah because he is kind of high risk high reward right because he's like yeah you know he's not gonna play 90 minutes like i can almost guarantee he's not gonna play 90 minutes most games he's gonna get subbed out for john or whoever yeah and he may be the person who's being subbed in so you have to kind of take that with you have to know that going in, but yeah, it's, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating pick. Um, yeah. We'll see how it plays out. Um, all right. Next. Um, anyone, Kabuma, anyone from Eli Eli Kabuma? No, me neither. Sorry, Eli. Sorry. Eli. <laughs> I mean, it could be a compliment that there are no interesting picks because we are going to pick some that are, uh, question our logic. Um, next by Jingo by G. Nope. Is it by Jingo by G or by Jingo by G? I honestly have no idea. Uh, I don't have any from Wyatt's either. Me neither. I thought about talking about Luis Diaz because he's the only person in our league who has Luis Diaz. Um, but mm-hmm. just a quick shout out for that. Yeah. Um, next, the Bruce Matthews, William Spicer. Uh, nope. Yes. Okay. Let me make sure. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> this is one of those ones I'm like, why? I'm very interested. And, uh, and you know, Spicer has a reason for this. Um, but I want to know why he picked Rodri. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. I forgot. He was definitely, I should have had him down because I noticed that I was going to the teams. <laughs> and he started him too. It's not like he was like first on the bench or anything. Like Rodri, who is mostly a defensive midfielder and is... Six million. I want to know why. I want to know why too. Pick there. 
I mean, <laughs> like, is he thinking like clean sheet points? Is he thinking like, I mean, I mean he's not thinking he's going to play. Well, he did. Game. Okay, look, he did have seven goals last season and two assists. That's kind of surprising. But yes, it is. It is surprising. I will say that. And he had 17 clean sheets. Um, didn't have many bonus points, but I mean, he had 127 total points last season. Um, so that's not like screaming out. This is a good pick, especially if it's 6 million. Um, because there's like other players in that area that you could go with. Um, so I'm very, I mean, he already has Martinelli, so that kind of crosses that one off. How many, so how many, how many goals did you say, or how many points did Rodri have last season? A total of 127 points. I mean, okay. How many do you guess, uh, Martinelli had last season. Okay. Um, I want to say it's probably like around 113 or something, but Martinelli didn't have as many minutes, I don't think. Probably not, but it was it was 110. Oh, I was close. 1,800 minutes played, and Rodri... He has 1,000 more minutes played. Yeah. Exactly. So, anyway... <laughs> I could I could see it maybe being just like a pick and forget kind of thing, uh, which makes sure. a certain amount of sense. Yeah, yeah, I guess that makes some sense. But I think, yeah, I, I'm very interested, and that's the one that you know that Spicer has a reason for. So like, I want to know. He's like doing some tricky stuff, you know. Yeah, he's always like, always he's always it. like galaxy trying galaxy braining it, you know, at least trying. So I don't know. We'll see how long it keeps him. Um, if, if you can hear us from all the way over here in the United States, Spicer, um, yeah, please let us know in Discord what you were thinking about Rodri. And, I mean, unless you want to keep it a secret, unless you know something we don't. True. I would love to hear your answer. But uh, let's continue on. Yeah. Um, so uh, next is Salt Lake City FC. Do you have anyone from that team? No. Me neither. Do you? No. Nope. Okay. Uh, ne- next is uh, 15, 15 Fieris. I've got someone from this team. I don't. Uh, I figured you probably didn't. Uh, I just wanted you to talk about uh, picking Allison a goal and just in general, the thought process behind picking a premium goalkeeper. Okay. Yeah. So I knew going into the season, the last couple of seasons, I've been so bad with goalie picks. Um. And that's one of those places that you don't want to try to like you, you don't want to use one of your transfers on that position. It's not as fun. Um, and just the last couple seasons, I've like rotated like some cheaper trying to find that 4.5 um, goalie that's going to do well. And, and there's usually only like one, maybe two. And it's just very hard to do that. I've not been able to do it. I've never been able to like, see it early on enough in the season and then pick it, pick the goalie and then go. So I was like, I'm going to pick one goalie, a good goalie and just leave it. And I'm never going to touch that position again. Um, And that I, once I saw that the premium goalies were only five, five this season, it was a no brainer. I was like, I got to. So I picked Allison because um it was between Allison and Ederson. I initially started with Ederson, but I went with Allison because um, he's just more likely to get bonus points than Ederson. 
Mm. So that's what I went with. Cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I was just looking at their points, their relative points last season. And this isn't, this is obviously an imperfect measure, but because I think both of them were injured, but um, uh, Allison, I think had 176 points last season. Yeah. And Sanchez had 120 something. And if you can, exactly. get, if you can get 50 more points for basically 1 million pounds, then that's yeah. Great. Yeah, that and that's exactly what I was saying. And I was like, it's just worth it. So yeah. I may move to that model when I do my first wild card because it sounds really appealing. Yes. All right. Um all right, next. Jerry Groth, fantasy premier league. Uh, I don't have anyone. Do you? I do. Ooh. What do you want to talk about? Raheem Sterling, of course. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um Another one of those players, and I feel like this is a common theme this year with fantasy, which is a lot of fun. Um, it's just a, another one of those players that seems like is a good pick and very fun, but is hard to fit them in. So Sterling at like ten million is a great is a great pick, but when you have so many other players that that are like also good picks, someone is going to have to fall by the wayside. And Sterling is like that with a lot of people, I think. Um, just hard to fit in because you already have Salah and like some other people, some other big names like Holland, and it's hard to fit three premium assets in in your team unless you go like really thin in the back. And a lot of people aren't doing that this year. So yeah, I I think Sterling is a fun, good pick and uh, will probably be starting most, if not all games um, when he's healthy. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, I think Sterling's going to do well this season, and I'm glad someone picked him um, in our league. Uh, yeah. What do you think of Sterling? I mean, like I him? think I like him a lot. I think he's going to score a lot of points. I'm a little sad that he's not on penalties, freaking Jorginho. But um, yeah, uh, I think that something that works in Jay's favor, and maybe because may, I could make an argument in, in either way like either way based on on this fact but there aren't a lot of um in fact there are very very few people in that same price bracket as sterling like the 10 million and so that could either mean that very few people end up having him in general because you don't have a lot of pivots away from that price point but it could also mean that a lot of people do have him because he's the one of few options in that price bracket, if that makes sense. I'm more inclined to think the former is going to be the case that very few people will have him because yeah. where it, you know, if he was an eight million midfielder, it's very easy to pivot between Saka and Mount and Sterling and, right. and whatever. But you you can't really do that with a 10 million pound player. And so that I think works in Jay's favor in the sense that, you know. I think it'll be the case that very few people have him throughout the season unless yeah, he just absolutely I, blasts off. Yeah. I think he'll be a differential for sure. Um, it would take a lot. I think he would have to do a lot for him to be in like half of our teams. Um, yeah. I think he'll be a differential for the majority of the season, if not all of the season. So it could be a great place for him to, to make up, but I will say you do with, with picking Sterling, um, you're obviously sacrificing somewhere. And with him already having Son and Kane, he's sacrificing Salah. So um, with uh, not having Salah, it's, um, you know, 
that's a risk in and of itself. So Sterling really has to do quite a bit of work yeah, um, in order to, to try to keep that up. So it could work in his favor, but could it also be kind of an Achilles heel for him as well? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think if I was to nominate, I might nominate Jay's team for most interesting team in the league, just because of the no Sala and like the Coutinho pick. It's just like got a lot of really kind of like wild cards in there, which is fun. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, oh, I guess an honor, uh, honorable mention to Phil Billing on his bench. <laughs> Who is Phil Billing? Oh, that's you mentioned him when we were talking about uh, yeah, like plays, wasn't it? Sometimes, some yeah, sometimes plays second striker and used to play DM at Huddersfield. So wild, wild stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to watch Bournemouth play just for that. Honestly, him and Solanke. Up top. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, up next, I test incorporated Taylor Hare. Did you have anything? Nope. Neither did I. Neither did I. Um, it's, an, it's an uninteresting team at the moment. Uninteresting team. Sorry, I didn't return the favor for you. That's okay. Um, Uber cleats. Rob Griffith. I didn't have anything. Nope. No. Nope. All right. Father, son, Holy Kane. Ethan Utterback. Nope. Me either. Oh, are we gonna have the same last one? Oh, Tim Griffith, Scuderia Sons. All right, we're going to say it at the same time. Oh, okay, yeah. sure. Ready? One, One two, two, three. Three. Callum Wilson. Well, mine okay, was, close. Yeah, mine wasn't a player, but it's basically the same thing. It's like triple Newcastle. Interesting. Love yeah. it. <laughs> I will say, I think two of the three picks are very good. I think three of the three picks could be very good. I don't know about ASM this year. I didn't watch the that's game. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know about ASM either. I think just his history of like kind of being injured a lot and I don't know. He's just not been this consistent. I think he's a fun he's a fun, dynamic, and explosive player, but I just don't think he has the consistency consistency. But um Trippier and Wilson, I think, are I think are great picks. <laughs> yeah, not like spin freaking Botman. I can't. I, I'm kicking myself for taking that risk. Yeah, you should have gone Trippier. You need to pivot to Trippier if you can. Mm. How much was Botman? Four point five, which is partially why I bought him. Oh, yeah, Trippier is what five five. So, no, I think he's just five. Oh, he's only five. Yeah. Ooh, wow. Yeah, he he's in the like Matty Cash zone mm. of like really cheap wingbacks. Yeah, I kind of want to. Before I bring him in, I kind of want to watch him. I would like to bring him in. I think. But maybe I'll give it a little bit of time. Did you watch any Newcastle? I saw the highlights. But that's it. Okay. Um, yeah, it looks like Trippier had. Did he have an assist? Uh, no, he just had a clean sheet and a bonus point. And Callum Wilson had an amazing goal that I saw. Also, really? Joe Linton from the high from the extended highlights I watched looked like he was absolutely bossing the game. Really? Yeah. He's playing. Uh, he's playing further back. He's kind of like a central midfielder, right? Yeah, he was kind of in a, like, Martin Odegaard situation, kind of. Huh. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of transitioned to that last year, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of bizarre. But he um, just, he looked great, honestly, from what I saw. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, I'm very interested in this Newcastle team. I'm still not convinced that they're going to be, like, top half of the table. I oh, could really? easily see. I think yeah, they're going to be top half of the table. Mm. I think they're going to finish I higher think, than 
Villa. I think they're going to finish higher than Brighton. I think the quality of, like, based off of the names on the team sheet, yeah, I think maybe they're top half. But, I mean, I don't know. They may not keep it together. I I, I don't know. I, I, I think there's a good chance that they do, but it wouldn't surprise me if they finished 12th. Yeah. Same. So, um, but I do like Trippier and Wilson because uh, I both, I think they're both like pretty good options and they're not that expensive. Callum Wilson's seven five. So you kind of have to pick between him and unless you go three up top, you kind of have to pick between him and Jesus, which to me, I think Jesus is a obviously better pick. Um, but I think Callum Wilson is, is going to be a sneaky little shout for this season. And Trippier, I think, will. I think Trippier will be in a, the majority of teams at some point in the season, if not all teams at, at some point in the season. So, yeah, I don't know. Tricky little shout. And uh, Tim, don't let us dissuade you from keeping ASM in your team if that's what you want, because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do what you want to do. Lovely to watch. Yeah, he is fun. So much fun. Cool. Wow. Um, that's that's it. That, those are our top three. Wow. I'm glad that we had some synergy on the last one, at least. Yeah. Yeah, that was nice. Very nice. Um, well, I'm probably most excited about this last segment because we've not done it in a very long time. Um, dress for the false nines. Yeah. So you said you're going to send me something. Oh, yeah. So that's right. Let me do that really quick. Send me the link because this is a very visual thing. Um, we're also going to need to tell the uh, – well, I guess we'll have to put the link in the um, – in the uh, um, in Discord. Okay, so I'll talk about the the, the image that okay, I hold on. in a minute. Let me open it. You want me to open it up now? Sure. Yeah, open it. Oh yeah, I forgot you used DuckDuckGo. <laughs> I'm a privacy boy. What can I say? Okay. Um, okay. Okay. So there. Are, <laughs> okay. There are lots of things. Uh, I, I don't know about you, Evan, but I'm very excited about where the season is headed from a dress to the false nine standpoint. I think there's lots to look forward to, um, kind of off the top of my head. Some like highlights were Scott Parker in a Tom Brown blazer for Bournemouth. Very interested to see when he adopts the Tom Brown skirt to go with it, um, which could happen. Uh, I thought Frank Lampard looked great for Everton uh, in the yeah. kind of cargos and the kind of loose knit cotton polo thing. Nice. Yeah. Maybe, maybe wool polo thing. Uh-huh. Uh, clearly we've got kind of uh, a new, um, a new uh, fashion energy in Aaron, Eric Ten Hag with the kind of like Scandinavian acne studios type situation going on. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. He, he looked great. And then um, uh, Graham Potter, I thought, looked looks fascinating because he looks like huh. 15, 15 years older than he did last season. Um, oh. he's, got, he's got like a pretty, a pretty okay. big beard now. Um, Interesting. Yeah. But what I want to talk about today is um, has nothing to do with any of those people or things. It has everything to do with what the referees are wearing this year. Um, and in particular, Evan and listeners, I want to draw your attention to this little, this kind of dinky little collar that they've got going on right off of their shirt. Because to me, this screams, you know, or this, this gives referees this year, 
when they're wearing this all black, which most of the referees I saw were wearing, um, some of them were wearing like a turquoise shirt, but um, most of the ones, the games I watched, they were wearing this all black with this little white collar. It makes them look like priests. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. And I was thinking that it was somewhat familiar. You're right. And I absolutely love the idea of refs in these like little <laughs> priest costumes running around the field and kind of orchestrating <laughs> what's happening because it it gives me this kind of like um this feeling of like pantomime like kind of commedia dell'arte where you have these like archetypes of characters you know like the kind of like the male lover and the female lover the uh inamorata and the inamorato inamorato and the, these kinds of people and the priest is like the kind of facilitator character who's like you know weds the lovers like makes things happen and that's kind of like what this makes me feel games are like now when you've got this little priest running around calling you know the shots uh penalizing people you know waving play on uh i just i absolutely love it i love the energy that it's bringing in the way that it's kind of shaping the game into this big pantomime wow Um, yeah what are your thoughts on on uh on referees as um, priests. I like it. I'm gonna refer to them as vicars. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and specifically now I'm thinking of one particular vicar. Oh yeah, which which TV one is show. most vicar like? Oh, I thought huh? you were gonna I thought you were gonna say which which referees most oh, vicar like. No, I'm thinking of one particular vicar um in the show This Country, which uh, I think rob has seen and rob told me about maybe um uh yeah the vicar in that show it, now that's all i'm gonna think about i'm just gonna think about him running around isn't and, it lovely though uh, yeah it's great I, I i do think that's that's a great um it's a great thing to be thinking about while you're watching the game uh yeah. you think that they're you think they're gonna require uh the red card red carded players to come to confessional Ooh, yeah, like a little confessional booth on the side of the on the side of the yeah, board. yeah. And now I'm also thinking about other like uh, TV shows, and now <laughs> and now I'm thinking that there's like some weird uh, secret society, and uh, they're part of it, and <laughs> they're actually vampires, like in Midnight Mass. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh man, they're drinking the blood of players or something. Yeah. Oh wow, so much lore there to be had. Yeah. Um, you can tell I'm like excited about Halloween this year already. Oh yeah, just already thinking about it. Are you going Um, to be a vicar? I don't know. That's good. That's a that's a good. I feel like maybe I will. It's a a pretty. It's a pretty like um, low difficulty. Yeah. Like high, I mean, I high recognizability those, yeah maybe i'll just buy one of those ref shirts i could be yeah. i could be a ref shirt and a vicar at the same time easy so. am i ref am i vicar am i both yeah yeah um wow. but yeah that's the thing that Love got that me most episode. excited that got me most excited about dress to the false nines is just I, and i never really i don't think my attention has ever been drawn to what refs are wearing in general honestly yeah but for whatever reason these collars really spoke to me because do they usually have like actual collars? Sometimes, right? Okay. I think I think maybe even what the turquoise ones have call like actual collars, if I'm remembering correctly. Interesting. Hmm. 
but yeah because that like i mean it's kind of like the the idea is to like make them disappear right like they're supposed to the whole look of a referee is supposed to be someone that disappears you're not supposed to notice them they're supposed (laughs) to just like do their thing and then to have someone who to me at least is now like a character in the game in the in the play the drama of the game (laughs) i love it wow absolutely wonderful what a great way to to kind of wrap up the podcast yeah this is a i can't wait to watch some games now i didn't really get to watch many um much at all uh this weekend i mean it's going to be pretty busy for me the rest of the month so hopefully i'm able to sneak some games in and um and keep my eye on the the tiny little vickers running around on the on the soccer pitch exactly football pitch yeah uh is there anything else you wanted to talk about evan or have we covered everything um i think that's it the only thing i want to mention is again this season um i want to make a we didn't do it this time because it was kind of like the first first one of the season um after it started but i would like to get like a regular occurrence of questions on the podcast from listeners so um, just be keeping your eyes out. Like when we're, whenever we're getting ready to do a podcast, we'll um, uh, a couple days before we'll probably throw it in the discord and ask for questions. So um, yeah, just kind of be thinking about those, like as you're playing the game um, and like what moves to make and stuff like that. I'd love to, to kind of bring that into the fold a little bit. Totally. So yeah, I think that yeah. was, that's a, a thing that we're both excited to bring, bring more yeah. to the table. Yeah. Anything you want to mention? No, I think that's it. Cool. Well, let's uh, sign off and, uh, and everyone, hopefully if you haven't made your transfers, hopefully you're bringing in Holland ASAP. Yeah. Um, although if it, you haven't already brought in Holland, I think the price has already changed. So yes, best of luck, uh, best of luck this week and this weekend. And we'll see you in Discord. and can't wait to watch some more football. Yep. All right. See you all later. Bye. Bye.